Welcome to the Consciousness Anywhere and Everywhere podcast. I am Shannon O'Hara and I invite you to a completely new world of possibilities. Hello, everybody. This is Shannon and thank you for joining back in. And I'm so excited to have the amazing Curry Glassell with me today. Um, Curry is somebody who really inspired me with money a million years ago, and she was a real uh, gift and turning point for me in my life financially. And so I was hoping that we would get to uh, share some of that sparkle and some of that insight with people today, Curry, and also get to know who you are and all the amazing things that you know about wealth, um, letting money care for you, and all that sort of good stuff. So thanks for being here, Curry. Well, thank you for having me, Shannon. And wow, I'm... um... Thank you for all that you just said, and I am so grateful for you and your friendship these many years as well. <laughs> so, so for those of you guys that don't know, Curry, um, Curry is a fellow Access Consciousness facilitator, and she facilitates an amazing class called Write Riches for You. And that's something, what I really wanted to like start with was talking about, I mean, let's talk about money. Let's just do it. Um, let's, talk about, let's talk about money, not sex, you know, money. Let's talk, let's talk about money. Exactly. I've been actually been, I've done my last two podcast shows were on sex. So it's, I think, let's go to the other really hot <laughs> difficult topic of money. And so it's like, what comes up for you guys when we say money? And so what some, one of the things that I really wanted to you know, like indicate was I years and years ago, you know, I, um, was really struggling with money. In fact, I hated money. I was in debt. I was living in my van, not really because I was like a homeless person and poor person, but I was really (laughs) doing this like righteous hippie, you know, like sleeping on the ground, like not wanting to have to deal with, you know, growing up and, and money was not an easy place for me. And both of us were probably at a class at one point with Gary uh, and it might have even been called a right riches for you class. And he started talking about the difference between like liking money, having ease, mm-hmm. love with money and hating money. And, you know, he pointed out to me like, well, you hate money. And I was like, no, I don't. And it took me a long time, <laughs> it took me a while to actually start to get and identify like, whoa, no, actually my point of view, my whole vibe towards money is really negative. Like I am so resentful towards money. And so when I finally recognized that, you know, I asked, I said, okay, you're right. I hate money. What do I do from this place? <laughs> like, well, you have to, you've got to start looking at what's the energy of love with money or ease and peace with money. And that was so far out of my universe. I had no reference point for that. And he said, look around in the world and start to see what energies with money you'd really like to have. And as soon as he asked me that, it was really your, your actually being and staying at your house and living in your life, being a friend of yours, being over at your house, staying with you, going out for, to shopping with you, going to meals with you, that there was an energy in that with you that was the first sparkle of, oh, money can feel like that. Wow. Well, thank you again. And what I, what I, what I get that's really important for people to look at is number one, what you brought up is do you actually hate money or do you like money or do you wish you liked money? Or do you <laughs> right. Hate money. It's like, that's actually the key place where everyone has to start. And for me, I actually struggled for a while because I actually 
hated the people who had money. Mm. So a little bit different than what you went through, but I had been treated so badly by people who had lots of money, Mm -hmm. I misidentified and misapplied that money was the problem, not the people. And, and thanks to your dad and thanks to the access tools and thanks to the really the right riches for you training and, and then going out and, and facilitating it, I became so clear that it was a big difference between money and how I related to money because I really enjoy money and love money and adore having it. And the people <laughs> who I knew who had tons of money, who just chose to be evil or mean or whatever they wanted totally. to be, right? Totally. So when, I, when I, I was so grateful to be able to separate that, and that's when I could fully step into really what I get, the purpose of money is to enjoy your life and to change other people's lives. And it's always been that way for me, Shannon. I always shared my money with everyone. I used to bring people, like literally street people, to the country club with me. I didn't even think anything about it. Not yes. like people who were homeless, but like like musicians that I knew who yeah. didn't who maybe needed an extra meal. I was like, "Come with me, I'll feed you lunch." I always had that kind of like, "Come along," kind of thing. You know, so, you can have this too. Why not? Right. So, should we? Um, do you want to talk a little bit about your story, where you came from, what sort of financial reality you were raised in, and then what? Oh, and then, and now what is the vision, the pitch and the horizon with your facilitation, everything that Right Rich is for you can be and do for everyone in their financial realities. For everyone. And for me, actually, this is how come I still pursue facilitating this class because it gave me an awareness that no matter what income bracket you were raised in, and now I was raised in like the most outrageous wealthiest of the wealthy. I mean, I wasn't raised in a castle, okay? I wasn't raised, you know, by the king or queen of England or or Prussia or Spain or wherever there's still aristocracy, okay? But come down a few levels and the business, like the business tycoons, okay? So the the super rich, I would say the 1%, that is the realm that I was raised in. My my father was lucky enough to be the son of a very strong entrepreneur who got into the oil and gas industry before World War II, okay, the beginnings, made massive amounts of money. I mean, money, like Shannon, this is like, I mean, they had, because you know, how much was money? How much was a million dollars worth in 1933? My grandfather gave my father a million dollars for his 21st birthday to do anything he wanted with. Yeah. That was in yeah. like 1932, 33. Think about that. That would be, I think, like $30 million to us today. Right. So that's the sort of world you came from. And that's yeah. what I love so much about you because <laughs> you're, you're really an unusual and a unique um, <laughs> element in this money conversation because I've seen so many people and entrepreneurs and I don't know who they are having money classes and, and mm. wealth classes and da, 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 da. And, but you have to look at it. It's like, do these people actually have the wealth? Do they have the money? And it's something that you really came from, but it's interesting. And if like what you said a few minutes ago about how you recognized or misidentified that it wasn't the money that was the issue. It was the people that had the money that were really abusive and mean. So, and it's yes. interesting because you came from an extremely wealthy family, but there's yes. a lot of financial abuse that existed in your world. Yes. 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 There was. And that is really something important for all of us to look at. It's like, I, I just want to like set this pitch with like 
how much I love talking about, not just talking about money these days, but actually like doing money classes. And I really love money. It's become one of my most enthusiastic topics um, <laughs> and an area of tremendous success for me. And, yes. and it's through a lot of the tools that both of us have used and a lot of the courses that both of us facilitate that both of us um, from very different places and spaces have been able to step into a completely new world of ease, mm-hmm. actualization, mm-hmm. and really um, getting what true wealth is. And thanks to you, I actually started to see how life could be a lot easier, kinder, and more generative with money. Because all I had seen was just my parents stressing out like to the point of ulcers and bankruptcy and da 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 all my life. So for me, my reference point was for money was money just makes people totally stressed out and panicked and worried and upset all the time. And why would you ever desire that for your life? And there is a golden question. Why would you <laughs> and how many people think but how many people think that that's just the way that it is? Yes. Exactly, exactly. And this is so we're really in a process of re-education of a new view of money and what it can be for and with you. You can be like a co-creator with money. Money can be like your friend. What if that was actually possible for people? That money, the energy of money could be a co-creator with them in their daily walk and their daily living instead of like a yikes or even Shannon, when you said at the very beginning, you know, what exactly is your point of view about money? And do you hate it? Do you love it? Do you resist it? Do you wish you had it? Do you not wish you had it? That whole like yikes beyond sort of like energy that people go into. And what's even what I have found is that it takes some courage to take a look at where you really are with money. Mm. A, you've got to have some courage. Mm. Mm. That's really, really important. And then you need to pat yourself on the back when you actually go, okay, I'm going to take a look at, at, at what my reality is with money and I'm going to do some of these mundane things like, wow, what does it actually cost me to live every day? <laughs> right. Well, that's interesting. So, well, so let's take a few steps back. So people, if they are starting to look at their financial stuff, what are some of the like, foundational starting entry-level tools, processes, questions that you offer um, in your right riches classes. Yes. Yes. So, so both, both the, you know, energetic and the practical have to go together. And I love this because I always like, I hear your dad, you know, it's been like 18 years for me. I hear your dad speaking in my head going, this is a do-do universe. <laughs> yeah. Even, you know, if you're a prostitute, you must put a red light over your door to let people know that you are open for business. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we are, we are creating beyond this reality, but we still walk amongst this reality, right? So, so there's a being and a doing, and it's like this dance, the being, the doing, the doing, the being, the being, the doing, the being, the doing, the being. Okay. So energetically, you have to take a look at where you have limited you. What is your point of view about money? Key, key, key thing. And that's what takes the courage because like you said at the very beginning, no one wants to admit they hate money. Are you kidding? What? But then you have to do this mundane, foundational, practical thing like actually look at how much you 
how much you spend on yourself every day. I mean, I remember when I did this exercise with my son, Nathan, years ago in high school, I was so grateful to have someone to do it with, by the way. Sometimes the key thing is to find a friend and make it like a fun kind of an experiment. And every three days or every five days or every seven days, get together and like say, okay, what did you spend? Like what track yourself for, you know, five days, seven days. Mm-hmm. And do it for four or five weeks and get that idea of what you are spending your money on. For instance, he came up, he realized and didn't know this, why he was running out of his allowance every month. Oh, well, because he was spending half of it on alcohol for his friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, typical teenager, right? But this was a lights on moment for him, changed his reality completely. And he went, oh, that's not what I'd like to do with my money. Yeah, it's so interesting, this conversation. And I love what you're saying about like actually pay attention to where money's going. Because I mean, everyone listening to this is sort of going to be in a different space and place with money in their lives. And for some people, it's like obvious, it's common sense that they they do their accounting to keep track of money. And then there's going to be a whole other group of people who never pay attention to money and don't really have a clue where it's coming from or where it's going. Uh, Right. And there's even another thing I'd like to add to what you just said, because I just had a, a woman in a class I did, and she was, even there's a third aspect, she did not desire to address what her monthly expense was, because she was, quote, afraid, listen to her words, that if she found out, she would not be able to create more money. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? I was like... First of all, I had to like, you know, give myself some space for some allowance at that point of view and really look at, wow. So she really had limited herself. And then what I actually got to be for her was the question of, was that actually even her point of view? Right. So how many points of view have all you guys bought from (laughs) other people about money that might not even really be your point of view in reality in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to create all that. Yes, please. Right and wrong, good, bad, all nine, pud, pack, shirts, boys and beyonds. Yeah, I mean, and that's something I love that, you know, one of the things that my dad has said that's been so liberating for me is like, everybody's got a point of view about money. Mm-hmm. Everybody's, got a, everybody's got a point of view about the right way to be with it, the wrong way to be with it, <laughs> like, et cetera, et cetera, on and on, on and on and on. And how many points of view have you bought from others, i.e. maybe mostly your parents and or who else the, oh. about their points, their financial points of view. And are those really, are those financial points of view working for you? Exactly. And exactly. so all of all that that is, everything that you bought from others, everyone else's financial point of view, will you destroy and uncreate all that? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, all that. <laughs> and really start to look at like, what is your reality with money? Mm-hmm. Like, what if you actually could have your reality? Or like, what if you could have your reality rather than live in constant resistance and reaction to everyone else's points of view and realities about money? Right. And and let's not forget those lovely things called distractor implants. (laughs) So yeah. So what are distractor implants? (laughs) Things that distract you from knowing the truth of your own point of view and your own reality. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so, in, so in the case of money, so if we're having a money conversation, what are some of the distractor implants that you've noticed come up for people a lot? Fear. Mm. Doubt. Mm. Oh, yeah. Big time doubt. Oh, my God. How yeah. much doubt yeah. do all Fear, you guys doubt. have? Yeah. 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 
how much doubt do all you guys have that you'll ever be able to handle your money situation? Uh-huh. And so what Curry's talking about is something called distractor implants, which is in the foundation of access and everything that we're talking about, like Curry and I are both very seasoned, steeped access facilitators. <laughs> so we've got, we're going to be throwing out a lot of terminology that might not, you might not have the information about it yet that you might need. So if you do want to find out more about the distractor implant stuff that she's talking about, which by the way, if you're going to learn about anything in access, I think the distractor implants would be the most absolute perfect place to start. There's a whole book about it called Living Beyond Distractions. Um, We'll put a link in the podcast text for you guys. So you guys, if you want to, can click through to have a look at what that is. Basically, the distractor implants are like a list. It's quite a big list of stuff. Fear, blame, shame, regret, doubt. Uh, Money is actually also listed in the distractor implants. How much do you guys distract yourself from ease, joy, and glory? How much has money been a distraction for you in your life? It's um, true. And actually, Shannon, I am rereading the book, even though I was on the telecall and we've been talking about this for 18 years. I literally, I'm since I'm in Paris right now and we were in Vienna at the body class, I literally have brought the book, Living Beyond Distraction, with me to hmm. reread. <laughs> yeah and like I can't emphasize enough it's like and I'm actually I think it's actually great you brought that up because I can't emphasize enough how dynamic the information and oh. just the tool of, of the distractor implants like what a um, massive impact that can have on your level of freedom and ease if you learn this information and learn how to apply it to your life like look at chapter six the the ones they talk about in chapter six are fear doubt business and relationship those are all distractors from your reality with money, what it truly can be. Fear, what were they? Fear, fear? fear, doubt, business, and relationship. Fear, doubt, business, and relationship. And so basically what, what, how the distractor implants work is, number one, you have to learn what they are. And Curry just said some of them. It's a list. Yeah. Um, it's a definitely a memorizable list, but I'm not going to rattle it off here because no, it'll, no, no. It's, it'll yeah. be too much for everybody. Yeah. But um, so you recognize basically when you're in a distractor implant, like doubt, for example, like she said, like we talked about a second ago, how much doubt do you have that you'll ever be able to change or handle your financial situations? So number one, you have to recognize that, oh, I'm doing doubt. I'm, I'm thinking about doubt. I'm having this sense of doubt. You have to acknowledge like doubt is now an alarm should be going off. Oh, doubt. What is doubt? Oh yeah. Okay. If I'm in doubt, oh, I'm in a distractor implant. Yes. And then you destroy and create all the distractor implants of doubt. Yes. Right, right. You've got all the pod puck shirts, boys and beyonds. And that's it to begin with. That's all you really have to do is become aware and pock and pot it, destroy it and create that limitation for yourself as often as you have to. Right. So you pock and pot it, but then you also also have to look at because the distractor implant is covering something up. It's not actually it's there deliberately to distract you from something else. Yep. yep. And so once you destroy and create it, you have to look at what's beyond this what is this distractor implant distracting me from? And literally, if you just ask, okay, what's underneath it, you'll start Mm -hmm. getting that information. Yes, yes. And from what I've noticed with myself, and I can only speak really for me, (laughs) is that I am being distracted from a capacity and a potency. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Mm Mm-hmm. So you'd rather have doubt. And that's the thing. It's like when you're, when you're doing this doubt loop with money, it's like you've got to look at is the doubt distracting you from like what Curry just indicated, a capacity with money. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a distractor implant, you have to look at you're distracting yourself from that ability, that potency. And what would you like to choose now? 
Exactly. And that's what I love so much about how the Right Riches tools, the access tools, all of them work with money. Because again, it's the being and the doing. Hmm. You're looking at where you've energetically limited your being, and then you're looking at what can you do to change it. Actually, can I ask you, I'm going to interject a question here, because I, I would love to actually hear about this myself, because you were one of the people that, I mean, I've said this to you, and but it, it was, it was, I spent quite a, I spent quite a lot of time with you um, a while ago in my, I mean, I was maybe like in my twenties and <laughs> it, it, so I would love to hear from you, like, where have you created your financial reality from, but not just your financial reality, but the sort of this wealth of living. Cause I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to say, can I, I'm going to share a little bit about you. Like when I would come to your house, it was like, it was beautiful, but not only was it beautiful, it was like every single thing in the house made my body feel better. The bed that I slept in was just yummier. The, you know, the, the tea kettle in the kitchen was <laughs> more beautiful and fun to look at than any other tea kettle I'd ever used. The pool was like this contribution in a way that I had never felt before. The, you know, the shower was, just getting in the shower was like this, it wasn't just like getting clean, it was this whole enjoyable experience. And that was really the first time I had ever felt anything like that, where walking into a house was this generative experience. And it was later that I learned that that was the sort of the peace and the ease and the joy of wealth. Wow. Thank you. I'm going to have to listen to this recording too again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, becoming aware of, I would say there's so many things that, that just pop up for me when you mention all that. One is I'm really grateful for these beautiful things that I've been able to acquire and surround myself with. I'm really grateful for each and every, I'm grateful for the tile that's in my shower. Yeah. Okay. I'm so grateful for my soft carpet. What are you looking at? What are you looking for? Where are you functioning from, for example, when you're shopping for a house or when you're shopping for a pair of boots? Oh, well, thank you. Because that I was just about to say, it also has to do with what I really, the energy I got from your father many, many years ago, which is to create a space for myself that when I walked through my door, everything empowered me to relax. And wow. To wow. Wow. So that's what you can create with money, and a space yep. that empowers you to relax. Yeah. I mean, my... My functions from that. I mean, that's so cool. Yeah, my home became the one space that was like my retreat from, and you you know what it's like, Shannon, when you're going out there and every day you're bombarded by people's, when you can hear people's thoughts, they're so insane, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, when I walk through my doors, this is the space of the reality that I'd like to live in, of gratitude, of caring, of kindness and empowerment. Right. And so how can money contribute to the space you'd like to create in the world? Right. And so remember what you said earlier that um, your dad said, go look at the different energies of money in the world. Mm. And one of the things from the time I was a very, very little girl, oddly enough, when I used to, I was from a divorced family. And so I was like a little ping pong ball. I used to go back and forth become between Houston and New York, like, you know, every couple months. And so during the summer, which I would spend most of it with my mother's family, different family in New York and in upstate New York, 
one of the things I used to do with her, which was not, I didn't get to do a whole lot with her because she was very busy with another child, et cetera, et cetera, and all this stuff, was we used to go to flea markets and she, being Eastern European, she used to show me what was considered like what the queens and kings used. She would always point out, oh, that was like part of the collection from the Habsburgs and all these people that, you know, gosh, I don't know, I was seven, eight, nine, ten. I hadn't even studied world history, right? But mm-hmm. that was important because that belonged to some king or queen that my mother knew about. And she would tell me the whole history of this European, you know, the aristocracy and all this stuff. So I began to equate jewelry and antiques with wealth when I was like six, seven, eight, nine years old. Right. And what was so amazing is then to meet your dad later on and he was saying such a similar thing, but then expanded it to where I could actually embrace it more for my own reality. And I really began to have a joy with collecting when I met him. I did not have the joy. I really did not have the joy until I met your father. Right. I didn't have a lot of joy either before I started using a lot of access. (laughs) I mean, but it's interesting that I, from the outside world, it would look like, what do you mean? You have no problems. You have this perfect life. Your parents are billionaires and you go to the best school and, and look at the mansion you live in. And, you know, I'm, you know, surely, you know, you have shoes on your feet. I'm like, yes. And believe me, you would not want to live in that mansion. (laughs) Right. Right. And so even with all the money in the world, you know, were you happy? And so that's, I I think that that's really the, one of the distinctions. It's really not the money that makes you happy, but boy, when you have money, can your life be a lot easier? And And when you're happy and you have money, whoa. I mean, that's like, that's the, that's the best of the best. (laughs) Yeah. So that's really been my target. And, And you've been a huge inspiration for me and a huge contribution to really getting what, that wealth can be. And for me, it's like with like what you were talking about with the collecting and the jewelry and the antiques and all the fine, amazing, beautiful artistry and value and quality that there is on the planet. Like for me at one point I was like, well, why would I want to have money? Like I was really looking at it. I was like, okay, money, like I need it. But like, what is the point? You know, cause I just, humanoids don't even get the point of money. It's like money. What? That's a really good point. You might want to talk about that just a little bit more. I think that's a really key point. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things that I've discovered by actually seeking greater consciousness is definitely something, money is absolutely, it's a figment of our imaginations. (laughs) The whole idea of money, that there's any quantity that that a dollar equals a dollar, that a euro equals a euro, it's all, it's just, it's just a fictitious story we all agree to believe in. (laughs) Yeah. There is no money. There is only, and there's really only infinite energy. And it's sort of like the trees and all the planet on the, all the planet they receive from the sun. And in that receiving from the sun and from all of the energy in the universe, they also then start generating this incredible gift. And so they receive and they gift. And there's this incredible cycle and balance in nature that has nothing to do with quantities and quantifiable amounts and give and take and mergers and acquisitions and controls and all that sort of stuff. Yet that's usually the domain of money, which is, I mean, hello, like money was never, I mean, I know from your story, it's like money was never really used as a kindness towards you. It was used as a way of controlling and abusing. 
And yeah. I saw my parents have tremendous psychological difficulty around money growing up. So for me, money was the problem. But then when, you, when I really started looking at it, it wasn't the money that was the issue. It was the people's points of view around it that were creating the problem. Right. But can we go back to something I think that's really important that you just mm-hmm. mentioned? Because I was, it, it, it sort of whisked through my head about five minutes ago. You mentioned the earth and you mentioned receiving. And receiving is such a, like an elusive kind of like, what the heck is receiving and what do we mean by receiving? Isn't it funny that we know what money is, but we don't know what receiving is? And is that part of the problem? Well, and it's interesting in that because money is the fictitious one and receiving is the real one. Yes. 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 Oh, what tangled webs we weave. Oh my gosh. And, and so it's so keyed in and this was also one of the huge eye openers and awarenesses for me with meeting your dad so many years ago and this this question of where am i stopping where am i not receiving like in any area of my life and any area of my life where i am not receiving somehow i am stopping the flow of monies in my life. Now, how does that work? I can't tell you how it works, Shannon. Mm. That it works, it, it does. The more I become willing to receive good, bad, and ugly energies, the more I am willing to step into receiving more money. Mm. Yeah, and one of the one of the indications that Gary's really coined is that like you don't have a money problem, you have a receiving problem. Oh, yes. Which initially, when you hear that, you're like, what the fuck is receiving? What does that have to do with anything? You know? Yeah. And so that's what is so amazing about consciousness is that with, I mean, using these tools and it's especially like when it's interesting to also recognize that all of the foundational or the beginning tools of access, which is actually the bars. And if you don't know what the bars are, it sounds weird, but it's a light touch on the head and it is the beginning of learning how to receive. And it is absolutely transformative. Absolutely the most transformative I would say experience I've ever had in my life was yeah, having access, access body work, access yeah. body work. And I really like that. Remember the first name was access energy transformation. Yeah. Is this is transformational energy work period. If you want yeah. transformation, try access. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't really want to change stuff, don't do access because better not, it'll better not better stay away. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this receiving thing is really, wow, it's, this is a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And it's, it, of course, and having these conversations, it's like, I just did, I mean, I did in 2017, I did an entire year long money class and it took a whole year because I looked at what the fuck, okay, if I'm going to do this class, I want to really work with people to the level in which they're actually going to require to change stuff. Yes. And I knew yes. that it wasn't a one shot wonder. I knew it needed to be like a, a really consistent application of the tools. Mm-hmm. And, and so in the first three months, about 45% of the people in the class, and there was about a hundred 150 people in this class and literally 45% of the people in this class had a in extreme money windfall. And I'm using little air quotes when I'm talking. And, and then about 40, you know, about 40% of that 45%, fl- it freaked them out. The ease and the level yeah. and the power of receiving that money yeah. that easily, that yeah. quickly. Yeah. 
freaked them out and they all slammed on the brakes and they really didn't progress for the rest of the class. By the end of the class, there was like three people out of 150 that were really willing to break through to a greater receiving and ease with money, which really brought home to me how much people think they want money, but it's that they want, they want, they want money to answer their lives as though they think that money is going to be the solution that's going to change everything. It's not actually the money. It's your choices. And that concept, Shannon, I'm so glad you brought that up because I have found that for eight years, I've been facilitating this Right Riches for You class. And exactly what you said is what I have perceived and watched. And I'm like, what is it going to take for people to get that they actually have the power and the choice to change this? This is not the outside saying you are not in control. This is actually looking at how potent they could be if they chose it. And, and it's so interesting that money hits right to the core of where they are. And, and I love that. And at the same time, I thought you were going to say at first that 50 people dropped out, but even more than 50% could not receive that windfall. I mean, I can tell you just with, I do at Christmas times, um, at least for the past couple of years, I did this kind of like Christmas thing, three 30 minute sessions, a hundred dollars each, you know, bam, 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 three days in a row. Let's, let's deal with your money issues. And I haven't, it's, it's, it's strange. I haven't had that many, you know, maybe 10, 10 people, eight, 10 people choose it. This one girl, we had literally one session and she said, I really need more money around the holidays. And she was a massage therapist and she charged $150 a session. And we did this, we did this 30 minute session. The next day she contacts me and she says, Oh my gosh, my client wrote me a check for $1,500 instead of $150. Yeah. But then she did not desire to go further than those three sessions. Yeah. That was her. Yeah. And that's, and that brings us to this whole other sort of eye opener. It's like, I, and it's interesting. We're talking about money. Like you've got a lot of money. I've got a lot of money, but not everyone, but not a lot of people have a lot of have a lot of money. And you have to, if you, if you take it from the premise of that, we're all choosing our lives, we're actually all creating our realities. And this is going to be, empowering for some people to hear and extremely frustrating and irritating for others to hear. It's like, if we're creating our lives, it's like, why are so few people choosing to have ease and wealth with money? Yeah. Oh, I wonder what would it take? Well, I wonder if it's because people don't actually want to have ease in their lives. Well, and what would it take to change that for the people who would like to change, but maybe they're stuck in something. I mean, the layers that come off over the years when you persistently, like I knew that the day I met your father the night before 9-11 and I knew that he had an energy within his being that was what I was missing and have been looking for my whole life. My whole life. I've been asking God, isn't there something better than this? Mm. (laughs) You know, what, what is this world I landed in? And it was an energy I was looking for. And I kind of went, not blindfully, but I just kind of had this knowing inside that if I kept continuing on and I kept asking questions and I kept going to classes, kept asking questions, that I would become aware of what it would take to create a different world and life for myself and future for myself. 
How did I know this? I can't tell you how. I just knew mm. that if I kept being willing to be more conscious, being willing to be vulnerable, being willing to look at the good, bad, and the ugly of myself mm. and stick with it, that, that somehow the future was going to be completely different. How did I know this? Not sure. But I knew this, and it has panned out. Every single time I'm willing to look at the good, bad, and the ugly, I gain another amount of courage and joy and ease with my life. Mm. Yeah, and that's well, but that's and so back to that ease thing. It's interesting. It's like how many people believe that if their life is easy, that they're not a real person or they're it's not valuable in some way. It's like it's how much how many of you guys listening to this like do lack of money as a way of making sure you keep your place in society you know is ease joy and glory what's valuable or is pain suffering and working hard what's the right way to earn money and have we not been entrained that when you work hard work hard work hard eventually you'll get something i mean this is also goes back to uh, cultural religious training of how many millions of years in on this planet right so that's why we, that's why it's like this new question of like okay so if like what if what right. if everything that you were ever taught or anything that you ever saw people do with money what if none of that was real or true <laughs> what if that was just the choice they were making just a choice and now what choice do you have and like if like, what is your financial reality? And that question is obnoxious in its simplicity, but deeply challenging in its profundity. Exactly, exactly. And, and actually, that's really amazing because my book, which is finally, <gasps> finally in, in, <laughs> in the, where they're reformatting it. So cross your fingers. I missed the before Christmas deadline, but it'll be out this spring. Yeah. That's actually... Part of the title of my book, like uh, creating a different financial reality. <laughs> so Workbook to wealth. Tell, wealth us about, actually. tell us about your book. What's the title of your book? Workbook to wealth. <gasps> oh my gosh, that sounds so exciting! It's funny. I'm actually asking, like, acting like I've never heard of it before, but I have never heard of this before. This is such great news. <laughs> well, but actually, I changed it because I realized that an auto. First of all, it's not time for an autobiography. It wouldn't, wouldn't create greater for anyone. Um, it was cathartic for me. But what really I wanted to put out in the world is to show people where a little bit of where I came from and how I use the access tools to totally change yeah. the way I thought about money, the way I thought about myself, and how I transformed my life with the access tools. Yeah. And that was yeah. really, really, I, I looked at my whole life once I met your dad as a education, the re-education, a financial re-education of how I wanted to be in the world cool. and, in, and in and around and what I would like my future to be like. And I'm hoping that's what I get across. It's, you know, a hundred percent all about what I created with the access tools. Awesome. And so if any of you guys out there are looking for some resources and some ways of really starting to apply these dynamic tools that we're talking about, we've got, I mean, there's the Right Riches for You book. Oh, great book. Great book. I mean, I, to be honest with you, that's my like quintessential 100% most favorite financial book on the planet. Oh, yeah. um, uh, right Riches for You. That one really turned my life around and it gives very practical things that you, that you can institute to really change things. Um, 
And there's the advanced how to become money workbook. And then people should keep their eye out for the workbook for wealth that you're going to be putting out. I'm so excited. <laughs> to see that. Um, I am too. Yay. I'm so excited because finally it's like, ah, oh, okay. It can, it can now, it can, it can go forward. It can now, you know, it's just finally what, I really desired for it to be in the world. So I'm very pleased. Yeah. And to recognize that it's like, you guys might not out there, you might not have money problems. You've actually got like receiving and choice problems. It's your, the money is a symptom, not the cause. And so what if it's not about really even altering your points of view about money? What is it you're going to have? What points of view about reality are you going to have to change to have money come to you with ease? Yeah. Exactly. And actually, I love that because I recall, as you're saying that, Dane saying something, I was listening to him the other day. By the way, I, I listen to access classes every day of my life. Okay. I, morning, noon, and night, I infuse myself with, okay, what else do I require? You know, <laughs> what else do I require? So I was listening to, to a class and I recall him saying to someone, and it's very funny, but very true, if you don't have the money that you desire to have right now, you actually will need to change what you're doing. <laughs> How practical. <laughs> and I hear that in my head so often. I'm like, yeah, you cannot keep doing the same thing and have a different future. You have to do and choose something different. You have to mm-hmm. alter your current life in some way to create something different. <laughs> I love the simplicity of, and yeah, I love it. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm so grateful. So what, so what choice, so what choice could you make today that will create a different financial reality for you now and into the future? Um, and thank you all so much for joining Curry and I for this conversation. If you're interested in Curry, where can people find you if they want to find out more about right riches for you? Well, curryglasscell.com is a really mm-hmm. easy way. If you can spell my name, it's a little complicated, but curry like the spice and glass cell, <laughs> glass of water and add ell.com. And then of course on the access website, because as we told everyone, I'm a certified facilitator. So, so accessconsciousness.com backslash curry And I will be putting links to a lot of the resources that we discussed today uh, so that any of you guys that want to check out this stuff can see that, have that choice. And please recognize that like, no matter where you're at, if you truly desire to change, it's totally possible. And as fixed and concluded as you are about money, like, would you be willing to change one fraction of your point of view to see what else is possible? Exactly. So thanks for being here, guys. Love ya. See ya around the world sometime soon. How's it get better? Awesome. Bye. Thank you for listening to this show. My target is to make consciousness easy to find and choose. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review on iTunes and share this with somebody who you know who might be looking for more consciousness in their life. You can visit me on shannon-ohara.com or talktotheentities.com. And to learn more about the amazing tools of Access Consciousness, you can visit accessconsciousness.com and be sure to subscribe to the podcast.